It's time for another episode of Mainly Modifieds, where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. Let's join the Race Chaser Media crew in the studio. Welcome to another episode of Mainly Modifieds. I'm Tom Baker from Race Chaser Media, and joining me uh, is my co-host, Kyle Souza, New England racing insider and uh, fellow colleague of mine. And Kyle uh, good to have you back, and nice to be talking racing again. Obviously, the events of the last several days have uh, kind of brought the on-track action to a temporary halt. Uh, so what we want to do on this show is we want to kind of give people a sense for where we are at this point, and what's realistic uh so we're going to get to that unfortunately um we have to start this week's episode with some really sad news uh wade cole has passed away and i'm not i'm gonna let you tell our listeners exactly you know more about it you're up there um this is a tragic loss uh, for really all of New England motorsports, but particularly the modified uh, crowd. Talk about what happened here. Yeah, Tom, um, glad to be back uh, for another episode of Manly Modifieds. Obviously not the best way we want to start one off. No. Uh, not only on top of the you know coronavirus outbreak going around across the United States, which is obviously uh, hindering us a little bit with our racetrack action, which we obviously don't want to see. Um, but, yeah, some sad news to report uh, with Wade's passing over this past weekend uh, on Sunday night. You know, Wade, uh, one of those guys in the NASCAR Wheel Modified Tour Garage, and, and a lot of people say this about the Tour Garage in general, but one of those true racers that worked on his own equipment um, and had such a genuine smile when you show up to the track uh, and saw him in the garage area. I can't tell you how many times I showed up, and uh, he was there to wave to you, to, to smile at you, to stop what he was doing on his race car that yeah. he worked on by himself um, and talk to you. Legacy-wise, you know, Wade Cole will tell you um, he wasn't in it you know, necessarily to go for the trophies um, of winning. He knew the chances of him winning races uh, on a particular level were going to be kind of slim, and he would be up front with you about that. He did it uh, strictly because of the love of competing, Yeah. Uh, strictly because of the love of being at the racetrack and working on his own equipment uh, and, and just simply seeing everybody at the track, being part of that racing community, uh, and, and unfortunately, uh, you know, an accident taking him at his home uh, on Sunday night, a sad, sad day for the modified community, and really adds Tom to a, a list of competitors um, that are no longer with us now that seemingly is growing constantly. I had just tweeted out on Sunday uh, that we were mourning the six month uh, loss of Mike Stefanik, who passed six months as of this past Sunday, March 15th. He passed on September 15th. Um, and oddly enough, uh, six months after Stefanik passes on the same day, uh, we lose Wade Cole. So, a sad day for the modified community. And, you know, on top of the loss of Wade Cole really puts into perspective uh, everything going on in the United States uh, and racing in general and kind of stops your mind for a second, takes it away from uh, the stuff that's going on in the country and puts it back on the racing mind, not because we necessarily misses, miss the racing, but because we've just lost somebody that meant so much to so many. For sure. Yeah. Um, 371 wheel and modified tour starts for Wade Cole over 30 four years uh seven top 10 finishes and as you said he he did it because he loved it and he was 
what you would call an everyman racer. He was he he was a racer who was very much a throwback. It was a fun thing for him. He enjoyed interacting with the people. He was he he helped numerous people over the years. Uh, way too many to probably mention. And uh, just again, a very sad day. Our our prayers and condolences to Wade's family and to everyone connected with uh, New England Modified Racing who knew and loved Wade. Um, we try to, to move forward here. Uh, obviously, as we all know by now, we're basically under a lockdown. We are uh, in a situation where um, we, we, we cannot hold any races in the United States right now of any significance because we're under a national emergency. Um, in most all of the states, we are under limits as to crowd size gatherings, uh, how many people can gather at once for an event. And, you know, your limit uh, is low enough at this point in, in almost all areas, if not all areas, to where it's just impossible to hold um, an event of any kind local, regional, or certainly national. So, um, again, this show focuses mainly on Modified. So let's look at, first first of all, the Modified Tour. Um, We know, Kyle, that the Wheeling Tour race at South Boston is, it's obviously not going to happen this coming weekend. Um, It is intending to be rescheduled. That is the intent is to reschedule the event. Um, tell us, just relating for now to the Wheel and Modified Tour, tell us where we are at. What's realistic right now? What do we know? Yeah, this is a trying time uh, for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, and I, I say that lightly because it's a trying time for everybody in racing, not just at the grassroots level with the Modified Tour, um, but also at that grassroots level at local short tracks um, and at that grassroots level all the way up from grassroots to the Cup Series um, with their postponements as well. But what we do know, you're right, South Boston's been postponed. Uh, talking with folks at NASCAR, the folks at South Boston, uh, everybody making it clear that they want to reschedule that race. Um, at some point, it was the opener for 2020. It was obviously one of those events last year that everybody really enjoyed going to and really enjoyed watching uh, that style of car go back in competition around South Boston. Um, but with that race postponed, that obviously is going to throw, you know, a little bit of a mix into the schedule for 2020. Where do they reschedule that race? I don't know. Um, there are some talks about where they might put it. Uh, you know, very much speculation, though, at this point. The real concern right now, Tom, is on these gatherings that are banned um, over the next couple of weeks or months in some cases in some of these states. And now I, I turn my attention to Connecticut, a place we're very familiar with, I'm very familiar with, and I will tell you that the, the executive order goes through April 30th to ban gatherings of more than 250 people. Um, and unfortunately, that puts the icebreaker at Thompson Speedway April 3, 4, 5, and the Spring Sizzler at Stafford April 25, 26 uh, in some major jeopardy unless that executive order is changed, which could happen. Um, but those events, I think it's very fair to say right now, those events may not happen um, on time. And that is going to create quite the situation uh, for NASCAR to figure out, if you go from May uh, through the middle of October, where the ice, uh, the World Series is that's supposed to crown the champion in 2020, there are not that many off weeks. There are some off weeks there, but they're built into the schedule specifically to allow teams to do some travel. You know, there's a, a week off 
before Martinsville. There's a week off after Martinsville. There's a week off after Jennerstown. You know, there's a week off before Iowa. These off weeks are built in specifically to give teams the opportunity to travel. And I'm afraid that if we're going to reschedule all of these races that may or may not, you know, get postponed at this point, at least one, most likely three at least, that's going to put us in a scenario where we're going to be running some races either right on top of each other, back to back to back to back, maybe even to back to back. Or we might be looking at, you know, these races getting rescheduled for later in the season. A race is going to get postponed completely. I just don't think anybody knows at this point. And it would be speculation for us to say uh, what what is going to happen. But we do know that uh, the season's in jeopardy. I mean, I don't think the whole season's in jeopardy, obviously, with the situation we're in. But some of these staple races that we've heard about for many years, the Icebreaker, the Spring Sizzler, they're at risk of not happening on time. Well, yeah. I, I, and again, we we want to, as much as possible, we want to deal with what we know rather than speculate about what might happen. Um, plenty of other people are going to do that. Um, but again, looking at your situation up there, if if the if the state has set an April 30th date and... You know, that means for a month and a half, uh, you know, nothing significant is going to happen. Then you're right. Those next couple of of dates would certainly fall into jeopardy. Um, But this thing is the, the thing that we want everybody to understand is that every day this changes. Um, You know, we we've all seen the CDC's latest um, prognostication of, you know, nobody, nothing over 50 people for the next 60 days. Well, we don't know if everybody's going to decide to, you know, to me that feels like um, a bit of an overreaction at this point. You know, why can't we take this two weeks or three weeks at a time? Why do we have to, you know, project two months out? Are we really that sure that this thing's still going to be that bad at the end of April, that we got to go halfway into May before we can start relaxing some of these situations. Um, you know, some of this people have to kind of take, I don't want to say with a grain of salt, but, you know, that's the CDC saying that nothing on the local level is 60 days out yet. Nothing on the regional level that I've seen is 60 days out yet. Um I I don't know if we need to be 60 days out at this point. I I'm not sure that you know we ought to be so while I think it's wise to look at what could happen and try to figure out how we could reschedule or what what the plan would be, I think that's wise to do that if you're the sanctioning body. I think for the general population, I think we all just have to kind of look at this as, you know, is this is what we know this week because by next week there could be a whole different um set of circumstances either for better or for worse we all hope for better so um i think we want to be careful we we don't want to communicate that the icebreaker or the sizzler are likely to be or not likely to be but as you said Kyle if the april 30th date holds then yes, that would certainly, um, you know, mean that we need to to do something different with those events. Um, and again, we don't have uh, a great deal of information on 
what the plan to reschedule any of these races would be because I don't think there is one yet. This is still all a very new and very fluid situation, and I don't think a lot of people have had a lot of time to react. Um, So I think over the course of this next week, we'll probably know a lot more about where we are with some of this um, and, and where things may likely go in terms of if this happens, then our plan would be X. Um, but I think it's wise sometimes just to um, just to, to sort of hold for a little bit and, you know, be putting together these plans without necessarily, you know, Facebook doesn't have to know everything. That At least that's my two cents. You're the sanctioning body. You should be thinking ahead. You should be anticipating. But to release something well before it needs to be is, you know, to me sometimes can be, you know, or to be speculating on it, unless you're planning to make it 100% true, to me is just a waste. And, and I think we've unnecessarily scared people in so many different ways with this whole thing, the way that it all went down anyway, because we kind of just, it was all just, you know, well, they did it, so we got to do it. And nobody was really, it didn't appear, it, it appeared everybody was more reacting to the fear rather than, you know, what we actually know. And and we could have probably done this a little more gradually in some cases, but everybody just kind of felt the need to go along with everybody else. So um, here's where we are. We know that South Boston's not going to happen. We don't know about the next two races yet on the tour. Um, and we can't really speculate as to, um, you know, what we might or might not do even with South Boston because it's too soon. We don't know if we're dealing with one race to reschedule, which would be much easier than if we got to reschedule three or four or five, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, again, everything's on the table. Uh, we just don't know at this point. And, you know, there, there could be two races that need to be rescheduled. There could be five. Heck, there could be more than that. I don't know. You know, we don't know. Yeah. Um, but we do know that, Obviously, NASCAR is going to do everything they can to try to reschedule these races, um, not just for the tracks, but for the drivers, for the fans. Sure. Um, and it's really a shame that this happens, you know, at any time in life, but this happens at a bad time for the Modified Tour community just because of all the anticipation that was growing. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> over the season. I mean, there was, you know, return to Iowa. It's true. Uh, actually, a debut in Iowa, not a return. Uh, return to some other tracks that they haven't been to, a return to these staple tracks like Thompson Stafford. Uh, you know, going back to New Hampshire twice, going to Oswego uh, on Classic Weekend again, going back to Riverhead, going back to Wall Stadium, going back to Jennerstown where they haven't been in many years. Um, and, of course, obviously opening at South Boston as well. So, you know, a, a lot of uh, interesting things going to play out here over the next couple of weeks, next couple of months. Uh, and obviously we'll keep you updated on uh, what's going on. If you if you are on Twitter, uh, follow me at KSouza, that's S-O-U-Z-A, uh, 261, and I'll, I've actually been tweeting uh, constant updates of what we do know uh, about what may be coming in the future uh, that's been confirmed, but we do know, obviously, with the executive orders in place in some of these states, uh, some of this stuff's in jeopardy. South Boston canceled. Uh, at this point, the canceled, though, is incorrect. Uh, it's been postponed per the yeah, track postponed. Uh, and NASCAR. So, they are expecting to renew that race, uh, get that going at some other point. Uh, but, yeah, the anticipation surrounding the tour going into 2020 was so high. Um, and obviously now, you know, it's been kicked to the curb, at least here yeah. for a little bit. Um, and, you know, we'll turn our attention to, to what we do know, Tom. And, um, 
you know, what we do know is that the NASCAR Weekly Series programs at most of these tracks are obviously halted as well. But I do want to talk about what specifically has gone on at one of the New England race tracks uh, here over the last couple of months, that being the Thompson Speedway. Okay. Uh, and kind of give fans an insight on what has gone on there. Uh, and you're, you're speaking to somebody that works internally there um, as the director of PR and kind of talk about the uh, six race season that they had planned. Obviously, you know, that six race season may get uh, affected a little bit, um, but they have planned six races uh, for the 2020 season as part of the NASCAR weekly racing series uh, sanction. And then on a side note, Tom, also want to mention that NASCAR confirming uh, late last week that they have signed a deal with a new sponsor um, for the NASCAR weekly racing series. They have not announced that yet, but I do expect that to come um, in the near future. But, you know, specifically Thompson booking six events for 2020. You got the icebreaker scheduled for April 3, 4, 5. You've got uh, three weekly series events in the summer uh, scheduled for one in June, one in July, one in August. You've got the Bud 150 for the Modified Tour also in August, and then the Sunoco World Series uh, New England season wrap basically uh, in October. You're a guy that just heard of Thompson for a long time, uh, seen Thompson kind of go through a couple different phases back to when they ran weekly in Thursday Thunder, uh, back in the good pro stock and modified days. Last couple of years, they scaled back to 10 races seven race schedules uh, at different times. And now we're down to six race schedule uh, for 2020, really putting some of these teams uh, in the middle of the fire to determine whether they want to build a car for just a strict six race schedule. Or on the flip side, some of the race teams telling me the six race schedule at Thompson is good for them. Now they can run six, run for a championship with six, and then dabble at some of these other New England racetracks, uh, specifically places like Stafford, that they've always wanted to run at. So kind of a couple different ways you can look at the six-race breakdown. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you say I, I've heard of Thompson. Not only that, I've been to Thompson a few several times, um, but not for a long time. Um, and, fa in fact, I was just talking with uh, somebody yesterday, uh, Rich Macko, who used to write for Speedway Scene back in, in the days when that was – uh, Rich was a supermodified columnist, as was I, and uh, he's my – my guest uh, on the Inside Groove Super Modified podcast this week, which will be out on Wednesday night um, on Race Chaser Media's social. And he and I were talking about Thompson, and, and you know, we both used to stay at the Yankee Drummer. That was always um, the, the hotel of choice and just talking about how much we really love that place and uh, and enjoyed it. But, yeah, you know, this – it's interesting you talk about how a reduced schedule, some teams are actually happy about it. We're seeing more of that trend in the sport where at the short track level where you see not necessarily a track only running six races, but some series, local series in some areas are cutting back from, you know, 20, 25 races to 10 or 12 races. And you're seeing drivers saying, hey, we love that because now we can still commit to the series and run for a championship in the series, but we can also go do some other things that we haven't been able to do. Um, you know, is it, whether it's go to other tracks or whatever. Um, and, and so it, it, it actually isn't a bad thing. I guess, you know, we're going to see how well this works out at Thompson. I, I would think that it could help um, some other tracks if the drivers do sort of farm themselves out and go support the other racing up there. Um, and I hope that they'll still support Thompson, you know, with Thompson's doing what they're doing. I hope everybody still supports it. I hope every, I hope it becomes something that makes sense to everybody. 
Um, and we'll have to see. Uh, I did note that you said in the very beginning of that that um, NASCAR has secured, but not yet announced, a new sponsor for the weekly racing series. And for those who ha- who missed the the announcement, I want to clarify this. And Kyle, let me know if I'm wrong, but. Wheelan's still going to support the modified tour. They're no longer supporting the weekly racing series in NASCAR. However, is that the case? Yes, that is correct. Okay. So they are still. Well, let me let me let me back up a second. So they are still going to be the proud sponsor um, of the NASCAR Wheelan modified right. tour, and that's not going to uh, change. That's not going to change likely through the end of their agreement, which I believe goes through twenty twenty four. Yeah, I was going to um, say twenty four. Right. So, and they've also signed with the NASCAR Wheelan Euro series through that same agreement. Uh, through 2024. However, what that does mean is they are no longer going to be the entitlement sponsor of the All-American Series uh, that they were over the last however many years it was. Um, instead, as of right now, that weekly series at the tracks that you uh, you know, you know, go to, specifically those of you in New England, Seekonk, Stafford, Thompson, Monadnock, places that are NASCAR sanctioned, down south, you know, in Florida, you've got some tracks like New Smyrna that are NASCAR right. sanctioned. You've got tracks out in California like Irwindale, that are NASCAR sanctioned. What that does mean is it will no longer be the NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series. As of right now, it's the NASCAR Weekly Racing Series, uh, but NASCAR was ready uh, to announce the new sponsor uh, this past Thursday. Uh, However, with the uh, breakout of coronavirus uh, and some things going on around the country, obviously uh, a little bit more important than that, NASCAR electing to defer that announcement here for an unknown, you know, an indefinite amount of time. Um, but that announcement will come. They've got a new sponsor for the weekly series. They wet track promoters know that late last week. Uh, the deal has been signed. They've got the logos all set and everything ready to go. So obviously disappointing to see Wheel and no longer the entitlement sponsor. However, Tom, they are going to support uh, local short tracks as a product sponsor uh, for the 2020 season. They're not completely getting out of racing, obviously, with the modified tour in the Euro Series. They're also not getting out of grassroots racing, still supporting as a product sponsor. Uh, and putting some money in there for some of the local tracks, but unfortunately, no longer the sponsor of the weekly series. But you've been around a little bit. Uh, unfortunately, this is not going to mean, um, you know, unfortunately for some people that think that the weekly series was going to suffer, they're not. Um, they've got yeah. another sponsor. The weekly series is going to continue to continue to grow uh, and give some of our short tracks across the country uh, a chance to watch short track racing with a new sponsor on it. And uh, I, you know, through sources, hearing that it's a company that we're familiar with. Uh, so, you know, good to see that somebody's supporting the Wheel and All-American Series uh, that is no longer that. Now it's going to be a new series. Uh, we'll still be able to see great short track racing across the country. Yeah, and I think that um, it makes perfect sense for for NASCAR to hold the announcement, but it's great to hear that they, you know, they've identified that and the deal's been signed. Um, you know, the... The the weekly racing series has been um, kind of a you know we've had we of course Winston when they were the NASCAR uh, Grand National back then Cup sponsor um, they were you know Winston put a lot of money into the short tracks and I think ever since that time you know the the short track fans and teams and whatever have gotten kind of used to some sort of sponsor participation in this and Whelan's been around for a while and everybody got used to them. Now we got a new sponsor coming in. 
happy to see that because obviously NASCAR recognizes they know they need the, the weekly series in order to, you know, that's what funnels drivers up to the top series. And so, um, you know, they've got to keep that connection. And I think particularly um, the NASCAR uh, breed now that the current management that's running NASCAR understands um you know that the short track level is important so um you know i i think that uh i i'll be excited to hear who it is and to see what that brings because every every sponsor brings a new level of you know or something different to the table so uh we'll have to see who this is and and you know and what that what that brings to the series but that's great news and um you know we again this is a this is a kind of a different time for us all we we don't really you know we're in a position where we're not in control of our future for the first time in a long time um in this country um you know we're in a situation where things are going on that we can't control and so we then have to look at this and and you know try to do our best to keep you know keep things rolling as best we can and and um you know and keep preparing because we know that this isn't going to be you know eventually this is going to pass and we're going to be able to get back to uh for example in our industry back to racing again um we just have to wait this out and try to do the best we can to um you know to to keep going in the meantime in whatever way we can and this show obviously is one of the ways where, um, you know, you can stay informed when when it comes to the New England area and what's going on. Uh, and you know, again, we want to be a reliable source, not one that just speculates and and kind of assumes or whatever. So um, it's, a, it's a it's a very different situation, Kyle. And and I mean, you you're involved at Thompson, you're involved at Seaconk, um, you're involved with a you know a couple of the series. Uh, I think everybody's kind of in the same boat. This is still too new and things happened too quickly last week for, you know, for us to have had a chance to just sort of stop and realistically say, okay, so what now? You know, I think, I think the what now is what we're discussing this week at this point. And, you know, we'll probably have a lot more of an idea um, by this time next week, by our next episode you know, what's going to happen and what's realistic than, you know, than we do right now. Yeah, I agree. And that's, that's very fair uh, to say that, you know, there's evaluation on multiple fronts uh, with that situation at Thompson. Yeah. Obviously, you know, the other aspects to that, the purse has been dropped. They've, they've cut the purse by 75% uh, compared to what it was last year. Don't want to kind of eliminate from that because uh, right. that, that's obviously the case as well. Yep. Um, and they've, they've strictly just cut, a lot of things when it comes to racing uh, on the oval track, whether it be the purse, the schedule, um, and on all intensive purposes, um, unfortunately, they're going to cut uh, their testing tune that was scheduled for this Saturday due to the uh, ban in Connecticut uh, on gatherings of 250 or more people, uh, which has now obviously been uh, a little bit more uh, exasperated lately. Right. So they're going to lose out on the testing tune um, this weekend, and I will say, uh, let me read you a portion of the letter uh, that was sent to competitors from uh, CEO Jonathan Honing uh, this back in December. Now, this um, is Thompson we're talking yes, about. Okay. This is cr- correct. Right. Yep. So this is yep. Thompson. Yep. Um, 
John Honing sending a letter to competitors to talk about um, where they were from a uh, track perspective. Uh, and I'll just read it uh, in part here. I won't read you the whole thing, but in part, Jonathan says, we are dedicated to working hard to continue the le uh, legacy of oval track racing at Thompson, uh, but this is going to come with some difficult changes in the fundamentals and financial structure of how we manage our NASCAR weekly series events. Uh, so they've obviously come forward with they're going to make some changes and more towards the top of the letter. Uh, he commits to racers that Thompson Speedway and my family have been dedicated to motorsports, especially oval track racing, for 80 years as of this coming May. Uh, we've endured many ups and downs, challenges and changes within the sport. But during the last decade, we have experienced the most dramatic decline in interest of the sport. Uh, so Jonathan being very blunt uh, with competitors, kind of giving the family's perspective. Uh, and as with any other business out there, Tom, unfortunately, sometimes you're just not making the money that you think you should be making. Right. Um, and they have to make a decision uh, from a company perspective. Uh, and that's what they did. And they're cutting the races to, uh, you know, six only in 2020. Obviously, a little bit of a shock at first. I think some people have come to terms with it. Uh, and just like everything else in life, Tom, some people have not and may not. Uh, come to terms with that six-race schedule, but looking forward to seeing uh, how many people support it, uh, looking forward to seeing what happens with the schedule at Thompson, um, and also looking forward to seeing uh, what's going to go on uh, as far as car count and things like that uh, for 2020. Obviously, when we talked last time uh, in our most recent episode last week, uh, we had said we were going to preview the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour Opener in South Boston. Obviously, we've had to deter away from right, that right. Um, with what's gone on over the last couple of weeks. And I figure um, that what we should do uh, while we have a little bit of time left on this episode is talk about what's what's going on at Seekonk in 2020. Sure. Um, and their schedule opens on May 3rd. So obviously uh, everything on is planned uh, as of this episode there. They don't expect to see many changes. Maybe they're testing tunes, but they, they expect to open their season as of now um, on May 3rd. And let me kind of just give you uh, and let's talk about some of the major events they're having. First off, they're celebrating their 75th season uh, in 2020. And that's a milestone. I know you've been to Seacock many times. Maybe talk a little bit about us, with us, what it was like going to Seacock and how, how much you've heard about that place. To, for them to be celebrating 75 years as somebody that grew up there, this is a big milestone for a local track to be at that point. And it's still family owned and operated, which I think is really cool. They're getting old, man. That's, yeah. That's 70, yeah. 75, that track's old. 75 yeah. years old. That's, you know, it's, it's when you, when you think about, I mean, I'm 52. Okay. And, and, you know, if I live another 25 years, that puts me where 77, um, Seekonk will be a hundred. It will have been around for yeah. a full century if it still exists in 25 years when I'm 77. And that just, when you, when you think about that in terms of, you know, real numbers, that kind of boggles the mind a little bit. Um, you know, you almost, I, I almost want to ask myself, you know, what was it like when it first opened? I mean, that would have been, um, well, it would have been 23 years before I was born. So that would have put it in the, let's see, the four, late 40s. Um, yeah, 1946. Yeah, 46. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable, honestly. Um, but, yeah, I, I went to Seekonk um, a number of times um, back in the earlier 2000s, uh, and mostly, but not exclusively, but mostly to their um, Friday shows, 
And because at the time I was helping out Nicholas Scola and his family, and they were in mini cups, um, I loved Seacock the first time I went to the to the place because I love bull rings. I love the tighter, smaller um, racetracks where almost anything puts on a great show because it it tracks like that. It horsepower doesn't quite matter as much. You know, you have to be really good at driving in traffic. You have to be good at passing. You get a lot of kind of beating and banging. And, and you know, it's, I love the place. And, um, you know, and, and always enjoyed what I saw there. I mean, I the one thing I haven't seen at Seekonk, um that I, you know, I've always wished I had because those who know me, um, you know, know that I'm obviously super modified born and bred is I've never seen an Isma show there. I saw the midgets there, uh, you know, saw modifieds there, saw late models there, saw, you know, all of the, obviously the fast Friday, I think is what they used to call it. The fast Friday shows there, um, you know, divisions that race there. I just think Seekonk's a great place. And, you know, really all the new England tracks that I've been to Thompson, Seekonk, um, Lee star, um, gosh, I'm going to miss a few here. Um, but, you know, all of those tracks, um, I have a reverence for those tracks. New England racing, this is why I really wanted to start the show with you, because New England racing is, is, is to me, even today, still, yeah, okay, cars have changed. You know, it has its problems, but it still feels to me very much like racing used to feel. The fan support's there, the, you know, the excitement's there, the energy's there, um, the modifieds are there, Um and, you know, the pro stocks and, and gosh, I mean, um, I just, um, I just love those tracks up there. But yeah, Seekonk's, uh, Seekonk's a cool track. It's a very different shape track. So you really, you, know, you have to drive it a little differently. Um, you know, I mean, I remember hearing Bentley Warren talk about the trick to running Seekonk and, um, you know, he's won there in the past and it's just um, it's fun. It's a, it's a neat little race track and, you know, glad to see that you're going to, uh, eventually, uh, once we get going here, get back up on the flag stand and have some fun again. Yeah, and and that's you know that's exciting for me. Uh, but from a track perspective, they've got NASCAR Weekly Series racing uh, yeah. scheduled from May third's opener all the way through September um, with their annual D'Anthony Vendetti Fall Classic. They've got their Saturday night program that's NASCAR sanctioned. They've got their Friday night program that you've talked about that is more of a youth night. Yeah. Uh, based around, you know, legend cars that may run down south as well. Those legend cars have competitors that are in their 60s, um, but they also have competitors that are 10 or 12 um, and kind of building their resume. They've got a Bandolero division that's got yep. some youngsters out there. And then they've got the higher ranks of super late models and, and you know, American-Canadian tour-style regular pro-late models, um, as you some of you down south may know them as. But they've got some major shows this year. You mentioned Super Modifieds. They're in there. Yep. Four major events as part of their staple 75th season on top of their local racing. The first one, Open Wheel Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday, July 1st, a $10,000 to win modified race sanctioned by the Tri-Track Modified Series. Uh, they've added 350 Super Modifieds to that show. They're also going to have the NEMA Light. July 29th is a Wednesday night. These all Wednesday night shows, the first three. Wednesday, July 29th, the inaugural Bay State Summer Classic. They've got the Pro All-Star Series. For 150 laps in super late model action and 100 laps of American Canadian Tour late model action on that night as well in the middle of the summer. The past modified is also going to join on that night. Wednesday, August 12th. Uh, so this spread over a course of just a little bit over a month. The Boston Louis Classic for the NEMA and NEMA Lights. 
in honor of uh, Austin Louis Seymour. And then they've also got the Isma Super Modifieds on that night. So three marquee Wednesday night shows coming up in 2020. On top of that, two other big shows. They've got the NASCAR Wheel of Modified Tour we talked about earlier uh, on June 6th for 175 laps this year, up 25 from recent years. And they end the year in New England, as of now, with the Haunted 100. 100 laps for the Tri-Track Modifieds, 150 for the Pro All-Star Series, and 50 for the Axe-Style Late Models. This schedule is packed from top to bottom with weekly racing, special events, and youth racing on Friday night where I mean, if you're a fan of New England and you're trying to figure out what racetrack you want to go to, obviously you've got some uh, options between Stafford, Thompson, and Seacock, but it'd be hard-pressed. If you want to see modifieds, you can get it at Seacock. If you want to see super late models, you can get it at Seacock. If you want to see midgets, super modifieds, anything really, all the way down to bandoleros and legend cars, you can get it at this one facility. And I think the 75th year schedule may be their most diverse schedule that they've had in all 75 years by the looks of it. Well, and that's what I like. And again, it just has this this feel of of you know the the eighties, the seventies, the eighties. I mean, you, you know, I again growing up at Oswego, um, Oswego used to run a modified series on Wednesday nights in the in the early seventies. Um, you know, I love these midweek shows, and I wish more tracks would would take that risk. And that's one of the things I think that um, you know is is as we start to kind of get our heads around where we're at nationally with with the virus and, and all that it's kind of, you know, required of us here, um, you know, you start to look ahead. And, and if you're NASCAR, you know, how do you deal with, you know, you've got Atlanta, you've got um, Homestead, you're probably, I, again, I you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to give misinformation, but I don't want to shy away from anything. I mean, we, you know, at the rate we're going, you look at the next one or two NASCAR events anyway, and you wonder, you know, it, it doesn't seem likely that. Um, so how, at what point, you know, is it feasible, for example, could we run a show on a, you know, a Wednesday or a Thursday you know, and and make it a prime time event. Could could we do that? You know, this is one of the things that you know people will start discussing once again. We have more idea of what you know we think is realistic in terms of how long we're going to be on the sidelines with all of this. Um, it's just it's interesting to think about. I love midweek shows. I think it's fun. You know, for people in the middle of the week um, to kind of you know have something to go do. And, you know, go to a racetrack. I think they have a very special feel to them. Um, obviously, a big race feel. And, you know, Seekonk's uh, been one of those tracks that's, that's, at least as long as I've been paying attention, has almost always had, you know, some sort of midweek action uh, throughout the season. And, boy, the, the depth of the shows this year um, on those shows, uh, on those midweek uh slots is amazing you know so i love it i think it's great and you know i hope the season goes well uh obviously we hope that by may 3rd we're uh out of this and you know we can be returning to normal life here in america and you know nothing you know everything can because i'll tell you what the i think we can all agree that 
whenever the time comes when we kind of get the all clear and we can get back, boy, the first two or three races that are on the schedule to go to, you know, the pent-up excitement about going to the track, um, I think the crowds are going to be as strong or stronger than ever for those particular shows, whatever they end up being. Yeah, it's very, very, very fair uh, statement, something I've thought about a lot over the last week or so. Uh, you know, who knows who's going to be the first race, yeah. obviously, with the schedule being moved around in short track racing. Um, but from the flip side, you also look at it as though this is really, you know, on the front end, it might hurt some of the short tracks, um, you know, the short tracks that have already canceled or postponed some of their events like South Boston. On the short uh, beginning front, it's going to hurt uh, some of these racetracks that typically are all over. Uh, trying to get as many fans as they can in the stands, and that's how they live, and that's how they make their income, right. especially for a family-operated yep. track. Exactly. Um, but you think, you know, you hope on the long run, the way it looks, um, that these tracks may really, really benefit um, from the, the increased crowds that may come uh, and probably will come uh, from these uh, the, these events that are going on right now. And obviously a difficult time to, to really know what's going on. Nobody really seems to have any idea until things kind of settle down, so still waiting it out. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, Tom, you know, you can follow me on Twitter, listen to our episode next week. Uh, we'll give you as many updates as we can. I will say uh, just blatantly events across the country uh, really are just being canceled and or postponed basically by the minute uh, here. There's really uh, no track that seems like they're, they're willing to operate a schedule. Uh, well, they can't. You know, that's correct. You know, that's we, we need to, to we need to be accurate here. These that the. the you know, these events are not being canceled because track promoters want to be careful. They're, they're right. being canceled at this point because local or state municipalities are saying that you can't hold an event that, you know, has over X number of people for this amount of time. So, you know, we, we want people to to have the correct information here. So you're not saying, well, the track should have or the series should have or these... It, this is all being controlled by government at this point, and what we're being told we need to do, and and we, you know, we we need to. Uh, the tracks cannot um, avoid that. They can't be rebels and say, "Well, we're going to race anyway." Um, that just, you know, you can't do that. So um, everybody has to comply uh, with with you know, what we're, we're, we're being told to do until we see where this virus is going to go. And they decide that, you know, it's, um, it's okay to start, start gathering again. Um, and, and we don't know when that's going to be. And nobody is really, I mean, the only thing that we we've gotten so far real, that, that we can even look at is the CDC now trying to say it could be 60 days. Maybe, you know, we don't know that. It, it could be 30, it could be 90. We don't really know where we're at right now. And I think, again, another week, you know, is, is going to give us a little more information and probably another two weeks once we really get, you know, testing and get more organized with, with this whole sort of, um, you know, trying to flatten the curve, as they talk about, then we can, um, we'll have a better idea of what's realistic. But for right now, I would think that, um, it's fair to assume that anything between now and say a month from now um, is at the very least at risk. And 
you know, again, as each week rolls by, we'll get more and more information. So, you know, we, uh, again, we'll try to get some drivers uh, over the next few episodes and talk to them um, and, you know, and, and maybe some some track personnel and, and kind of get their perspective uh, if we can. You know, we, we want to be a source of information. We don't want to be, um, you know, a source of, of you know, uh, speculation and assumption and prediction because we don't know any more than anybody else does at this point. Um, this thing happened too fast and, and, you know, it took us, I think probably all weekend, most of us to even begin to get our head around the reality. And now we can start to, to sort of those in charge can start looking at scenarios and seeing what's possible. And we'll obviously have all the information we can give you each time out here. And Kyle and I will both through our individual media and collectively keep you informed um, in between episodes, you know, to anything that breaks as well. Yeah. And Tom, I just want to end, you know, by kind of giving some people an update on some of the events that have been uh, postponed just around the country. Um, you know, obviously we talked about the wheel modified tour opener at South Boston. That's been postponed. The ARCA East race that was scheduled for this past week and at the five flag speedway, uh, that's been postponed as well for a later date. Uh, South side speedway, uh, has postponed their event, uh, in Virginia and they're unknown about when their schedule is going to, you know, how that's going to look new Smyrna speedway. Uh, they've already had their world series of asphalt. So we did kick off the short track season in February. Uh, they have canceled. Uh, and backed up the start of their season. They're not going to reschedule the March 21 date uh, that they've just postponed. As of, though of this taping, they still are planning to run uh, on March 28th. Hickory, we all know what happened there. Everybody showed up to the racetrack this past weekend. The event did not fully run. Right. Uh, that was closed down in the middle of it. And the other one I want to talk about, as of this taping, uh, and you may be listening to it a couple days from now, and the race may have been canceled since then. However, as of this taping, the Rattler 250, uh, scheduled for South Alabama Speedway uh, this coming weekend, March 20th through the 22nd, uh, ha- has not been postponed. They are still planning to run that event. Uh, and the promoter uh, visiting one of our media friends over the past week um, saying that they are still planning to have um, as many events as they have until they are heard otherwise from the government that they can't. Um, and that may come, obviously, but the Rattlers still planning to go. Everything else pretty much, cars stored, Hickory, uh, everything else pretty much has been uh, postponed for the time being. An unfortunate time for us who uh, some of us make a living out of going to the racetrack. Most of us make a living out of going to the racetrack as fans as well. Um, and I know all of you out there do as well. Uh, and obviously the well, next couple of weeks going to be interesting to see how things play out. But I agree we'll get some drivers on here, have some conversation about what's going to happen once the race season does get underway. Um, and again, Tom, just want to mention uh, that personally – uh, going to really miss Wade Cole and everything he's given to the NASCAR wheel modified tour community. I know a lot of people share that same sentiment, uh, the genuine smile, the care, uh, the kindness that he gave the entire modified tour community, definitely something we're going to miss, uh, seeing here over the next, uh, for however many years that we continue to go to these races. And you said it earlier, 371 career starts, 34 years. He's raced in every year of the modified tour, except one yeah. in 1986, he didn't run a race. Uh, and I really suggest, if you want to learn more about Wade Cole and where he's raced and what he's done, Racing Reference is a great tool uh, to see what he's done in his career, look at where he's been, what races he's run, and how successful uh, he's been at some of them. Others, strictly, I've seen Wade go out 
ride around in the back of the field, enjoy himself, come in with a smile, and drive the car right out to his open trailer, uh, right up onto the hook, hook it down, smile, and get in the truck and head all for the races. So uh, I want to share uh, thoughts from our, from our perspective, especially uh, from mine. I know a lot of his crew members personally uh, come to know Wade and his team. I uh, just want to share condolences to them and uh, look forward to see uh, what some of these tracks do for tributes. I know the social media tributes are already – uh, endless growing, uh, and, and that's great to see that everybody's remembering such a great guy uh, in the modified community. Yeah, well, again, uh, that is a great way to end uh, this. We know slightly abbreviated, mainly modifieds episode, but um, you know, we'll uh, we'll try to get a driver, a couple drivers, and we're going to obviously part of what goes on in this whole situation is that the media. Those of us who do these shows, you know, you've got to kind of shift accordingly uh, and everything happened so quickly. We didn't get a chance to uh, to really line up anybody for this episode. But hopefully uh, next week, when, you know, while while the racing's down, we want to try to bring you as many of the the stories, the voices. And uh, so we're going to try to have some fun with this over the next uh, number of weeks as we go. And we would appreciate all of you. uh sharing it and letting people know this exists uh, this is going to be a fun show as we get moving here and get uh, more voices into it um and you know we were all expecting to be at south boston this coming weekend and obviously now that's not going to happen so um we will continue and carry on and uh, do our best to entertain you and and inform you over the next uh number of weeks here while we're kind of uh, on hold on the on-track action. So, again, our condolences to uh, Wade's family and uh, the entire New England modified and racing community. Uh, Prayers and uh, our thoughts uh, are with all of you as we conclude this show. Kyle and I will be back next week with another episode of Mainly Modifieds. Until then, for Kyle, I'm Tom Baker. Thank you for listening. Have a great week, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to Mainly Modifieds, the show where ground pounders and northeast speed freaks come to get their radio fix on. The show is available on demand by searching Race Chaser Radio on Apple Music, Spotify, Google Music, and most other major podcast platforms. Visit RaceChaserMedia.com for more unique motorsports stories and radio content. And follow Race Chaser Media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.